So today's episode is going to be a little bit different here. There's a, there's about, I think, three or four different segments of just random ideas that I think need to be in the world. So I figured I'd put them out. All of them cross different categories, recruiting, communications, employee experience, psychology, um, putting employees first, a lot of great stuff. So enjoy this episode. It's different. Um, it's going to be broken up into sections. So enjoy the little bit of the edits there and uh, love you all. So today I'm gonna do something a little bit different. Um, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a full deep dive on a bunch of shit. Um, a full deep dive on any and all things that I believe can can put, I think, an organization in the best place from an employee experience perspective. I think a lot of the things that I'm gonna be talking about are fundamental. Um, table stakes that many organizations, I believe, must put in place. I believe this pertains to high growth startups all the way up to enterprise level organizations. And I believe that this is everything I'm going to kind of spew out here is incredibly fundamental and and valuable. Um, The very first thing I'm going to talk about that I haven't talked about in a while is uh, Core 18. I've talked about Core 18 on this podcast probably in the 400s and 500s from an episode perspective. And with Corey Team, what I've tried to do is I've tried to put, um, I've tried to develop Corey Team from an angle that makes the, 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 the talent journey, the applicant journey that much more experiential and that much more um, intentional. And I've tried to make sure that the tangible ROI for the organization is one that can be respected and one that can be recognized. So for those that have never even heard of the Core 18 or Beyond Resume, I'll give you just a macro understanding of it. You know, manually embedding Core 18 into your process does the following things. It provides clarity, um, improves productivity, and provides transparency to both organizations as well as applicants. So what am I even talking about? Core 18, there's about 18 major categories that exist in the Core 18 world. I'll give you a few that make sense for me here. And let me pull up my Core 18. Um, let me pull up my Core 18 folder here for you all for this to actually ring true and give you some actual context here. Now, as I'm pulling this up, what I want you to remember is that the things that I'm going to be explaining today are new. Um, they take some effort. They take some some perseverance, but they are incredibly, incredibly important. So some of the elements of the core 18 are the following contextual financial needs that you would understand and learn from the applicants applying for any given role. You would understand their ideal workflow desires and structures. You would understand their expectations of their supervisor. And yes, employees are allowed to have expectations of their supervisors and their managers and leadership, um, skill development needs and perspectives and, and points of views, um, day-to-day culture needs, um, change management communication needs, change management needs and preferences, period, um, meeting structure perspectives. So things that are operationally kind of table stakes within an organization and things that show up day-to-day for an employee. Now, the point is to, to, to genuinely understand that to have an internal head of talent or head of people, a recruiter, help an applicant understand these variables. Now, what I've decided to do is I've decided to build this manually. So a head of talent, a head of people will be facilitating a conversation. Um, what I've now realized is that 
there can definitely be some questions that can be asked and, and, and more of an automated process that we're building here internally within the E1B2 collective to make this more of an automate, uh, automatic um, and automated process. But inevitably, the point is the following. Some of those categories and at, at a macro level, 18 categories that are very similar to the few that I just listed off, we need to, and when I say we, I'm talking about organizations, we need to understand the truth, the answers, the perspectives, and all of those categories for any given employee, any given applicant that will be trying to come into the organization and make an impact and be hired. We have to understand what these variables are. We, these, these variables cannot be nice to haves. These variables cannot be variables that we wish we would have known, we wish we could know. These variables are things that we need to know. And why do we need to know them as an organization? We need to know them as an organization because as an organization, we have answers in those categories. As an organization, we know what we're doing when it comes to meeting structure. As an organization, we know what we're doing as it pertains to decision making. As an organization, we know what we're doing when it when it pertains to career mapping, when it pertains to um, transparency of innovation, when it pertains to, um, you know, overall structures of the team itself. We know what we're doing when it comes to the amount of bandwidth this inevitable leader has to support that uh, that that new hire coming into the organization. We know our truths, right? And so it's important to make sure we understand the truths of the applicant so that we can make a, a an educated decision if this applicant will be a great fit for the company. So I believe a core team beyond resume type initiative needs to be baked into the organization. It should be table stakes. This would be something that is inevitably embedded. I don't think this is a nice to have. I think this is a must have. I think to get really tangible, I think it looks like the head of people sitting down with um hiring managers and really teaching them all the 18 categories, showing them how to facilitate these conversations. And I frankly feel you can kind of get the applicants going by ha- helping them, by teaching them how to unpack their own minds. And that's an entirely different episode. But inevitably, any great facilitator can teach another human being how to facilitate themselves, how to unpack themselves a bit to be able to give the organization this type of data so that the organization can pair that data with the realities that they know exist. Now, let me move on to Beyond Brand, which you all know. Now, Beyond Brand and Beyond Resume are literal mirrors to each other. So many of the same categories that show up in a Beyond Resume world obviously will show up in a Beyond Brand world. And so imagine a world where these 18 categories, you have the data, the insight, the perspective of your applicants around these 18 core variables, and you have those same data, insights, and perspectives, and many more from the organization as well, what a head of people can do, what a head of talent can do, what a head of a a department can do, what a leader in the department can do is you compare the data. You can look and see is, is the realities and the core variables of this company and the realities and the preferences and the needs and the non negotiables of this of this applicant. Are they actually going to mesh? Right. Because as you all have probably realized and heard in the beyond brand world, we're going through the same process, right? Leaders are being facilitated. Leaders are extracting and understanding inevitably what they are, what they have, what the current realities are, how this culture, how this operation in this department works today, not yesterday, not two years ago, not aspirational in five years. What is actually happening today? 
And then when you can take the data and pair the data, a lot of great can happen. And so I believe this needs to happen. A lot of variables around the core 18 is something that needs to be done a little bit more manually. It takes a little bit more time, but I can guarantee it really helps the ROI from a recruiting perspective, because when you are bringing someone into your organization that looks great on paper, that does a great job in the interviews, maybe even does a great job in the X's and O's and the tactical approach of how to solve a problem or how to conduct an initiative, whatever the case is going to be. But if the organization and the realities of the organization, like, like let me give you one variable that is, that is something that a lot of people don't understand. Let me see if I can find it here because I'm looking through my notes here. Essentially, why I'm even bringing all of this up is about nine, 10 months ago, um, I finished this document that's probably almost 100 different pages of there's tons of employee experience, best practices. And I built out this like master list because I am someone that deals with and struggles with um, with ADD um, and I forget a lot of things. And quite literally, no matter if I've done it a thousand times, I just forget literally the, the foundation of them. And all I need is a, a little bit of a paragraph to ping my, bre- my, ma- my memory and my brain to remind me how to go about and how to approach certain things and I can dive right in. Um, but, but one of the factors that, that, that reminded me of how to do this and why this work was important is timing. So let me, let me unpack this. As we all know, Timing is so important in any relationship, right? Timing shows up very, very much. And timing is very crucial. Um, timing is very crucial within, within, the, within the world of relationships, whether it's a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a parent, a kid, a spouse, whatever the case is going to be. I believe timing shows up very important in, in, inside of organizations as well, right? Because when you are working off of timing, a leader may have the desire to be a mentor, to be a thought leader, to be a strategic facilitator, to be a learning and development practitioner for any given applicant now turning into an employee. They may actually have that teacher desire inside of them, that mentor desire, that um that 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 Mr. Miyagi type desire. But the issue is the following. Maybe the timing right now as an organization and the and the and the expectations the organization has of that leader doesn't match up with the desires of the applicant that are looking for Mr. Miyagi. So let me follow here. If the applicant on one end is looking for Mr. Miyagi, we actually just had this with our with our most recent client here. We had a client, uh, his name was Ron. Ron needed, wanted, it was a non-negotiable because that's what happens when you create the Corey team. The, the final product of the Corey team is like this, is this overall um, report. And this report is broken down into non-negotiables and then many non-negotiables. Because the reality is you're not going to have 18 non-negotiables, right? No one that I've come across has 18 different categories that an organization has to hit. Some people have six, some people have 12, some people have 11, some people have three. And Ron's, one of Ron's non-negotiables were um, a Mr. Miyagi, a mentor, a, a supporter, a facilitator, someone that would really jump down in the mud with him and really teach and develop it. Now, let's say, again, the leader that Ron would inevitably be led by and, re, and would be reporting to 
also is internally, emotionally, um, tactically a Mr. Miyagi. But let's say the organization is going through, I always use this example, but I personally know what this example feels like. Let's say this organization is going through a merger. Let's say this organization is going through an acquisition. Let's say this organization is going through some internal changes. And let's say the organization is asking who Ron thought would be his Mr. Miyagi to take on new responsibilities. So literally his bandwidth has now shrunk by 30%, right? So that extra 30% would have been the mentoring and office hours for the nine direct reports, Ron being one of them, now is non-existent for the next eight months. And Ron, right, is now on the job market looking for an organization because he wasn't getting that. And that's what he desperately needs at this point in time. But imagine you didn't have a core team. You didn't know that about Ron. Imagine Ron forgot to mention that during the interview, which happens at scale. And imagine the organization on the other side in a, in, in a beyond brand capacity never communicated that to Ron. And Ron comes into the organization, Ron is qualified, Ron went to Cornell, Ron has X, Y, and Z certification, Ron can do the work well. And Ron gets into the organization and goes to the onboarding and goes into his first few months and he's settled here. But then in month three or four, Ron notices that there is no Mr. Miyagi present. And Ron's like, oh, that's why I left the other company. Let me do what I need to do for myself to... Make this happen. So he goes to the supervisor and he says, I need you to be my Mr. Miyagi. And the supervisor says to him, great, that won't be able to happen for another year due to X, Y, and Z. Now, Ron's a very reasonable and understanding guy. He says, I get it. I great. You know, I, I appreciate the transparency. But then Ron goes back to his wife. Then Ron goes to his colleagues. Then Ron sits with it himself and he realizes, oh, shit, this is making me unhappy again. And it's not even that the company isn't great. It's not, even that I don't, it's not even that I don't love my job. I don't love the tactical approach of my job. But right now in my career, I said to myself, this is a, this was a, this needs to be a non-negotiable. What the hell am I doing? And now Ron, who is an amazing person, who is tactical, who, who has a phenomenal approach, Ron, who's making $180,000 a year, Ron, who's been trained, Ron, who has uh, an exceptional uh, uh, over, you know, uh, bandwidth and responsibility within the organization, because when they brought him in, they gave him a big, big plate of responsibilities and tasks, knocks on the supposedly, supposed to be the Mr. Miyagi door and says, I have to leave the company. And they're like, hold on, how did this happen? What's happening here? You're amazing, you're phenomenal, your, your teammates love you, everyone loves you. And he explains why he has to leave the company. And guess what happens to this quote-unquote Mr. Miyagi character? He knows internally that everything that Ron is asking for, he quite literally can't deliver. And they have to let him go. And Ron has to leave. Now, that's clearly a big problem. That's clearly a big issue. Now, you have other team members, this Mr. Miyagi character, taking on extra responsibilities of the things that Ron did as Ron exits the organization. Now you have tremendous amounts of productivity loss, tremendous amounts of over overhead that is now being doubled down on, which is now getting expensive. And now the company is in a really tough spot because not only are they trying to get the day-to-day -day things executed, aka Ron's responsibilities, but they're also trying to get his acquisition done. They're also trying to get this merger completed. So you see what I mean? Like if companies are not utilizing something simple like a beyond brand, 
or beyond resume core 18 approach, you can put yourself in a really, 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 really tight, um, tight spot. And that tight spot can cause a lot of conflict. That tight spot can cause a lot of confusion. So I believe that's number one. Um, so number one and two, beyond resume, beyond brand, they're mandatory. They need to be put into the organization. I haven't talked about this other factor in a while. Graduation models and frameworks. Graduation models must be put inside the organization. Let me take a sip of water here because I'm going to get deeper into this one. A graduation model framework is very simple, right? There are certain organizations that from every angle can do no more for certain segments of employees, right? This came from, I was the head of people of a nonprofit that essentially helped replace recess for middle school and elementary school kids because where I was where I was the head of people of they no longer had recess. So essentially what they did is they built out an empire, entire nonprofit organization to partner with 90 schools across Baltimore, Maryland to implement recess, right? And the nonprofit was great, it was amazing, provided tons of value to the children. But Due to the fact that it was a nonprofit, due to the organizational structure, due to um, just the needs of the organization, right? Like there is a need for a few different levels of management, um, but the majority of the roles, probably 75 to 80 percent of the roles were your remedial 16 to 19 dollar an hour type roles and responsibilities. And then on the other side. Due to the structure of the organization, the scale of the organization, the long-term thinking of the organization, there was no need and and or desire for another management layer. And the managers that were in place due to the data weren't leaving for another five to 10 years potentially, right? So essentially what that means is anyone coming in at that um, that PE teacher type lane making anywhere between 17 to $19 an hour, if they are at the age of, let's say, 24 with a roommate, that might be okay. But a couple of years into the company, when they're 26, 27, that's a problem. 17, 18, $19 an hour doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, for the organization, the, the, the teachers there, the PE teachers have such an impact on the children, have such an impact to the organization. So the organization doesn't want to lose them. At the same time, though, the organization realizes that attrition and turnover is inevitable in any business, but they also had a problem finding the right fit because not everyone knows how to really be the type of teacher that these children needed. So they were having a quality of a recruiting issue. They were also having a somewhat of a retention issue because once the teachers got involved after a year or so, they were realizing that the finances were never going to go up. And it was problematic as they were trying to enter into full-fledged adulthood. So what I decided to do is I I decided to build out what I call the graduation model. And I said to the CEO at the time, I said, let's put a graduation model in place. He said, what is that? I said, let's graduate a cohort of, of our teachers. He said, well, why would I do that? And I said, well, let me explain. I said, let's have every single teacher that signs on, you give me 18 months you give me two years, I'll give you a career. And he said, okay, I'm following. I said, let's partner with every single organization that 
that I believe applicants and employees will look at and deem our big brother, our big sister, uh, a next level organization. He said, oh, 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 are you disrespecting the company? I said, no, follow with me. We are only able to pay X, Y, and Z dollars, correct? You don't see that changing in the, in, the, in, in the near future. He said, no, unfortunately not. I said, okay. Do you see any management layers or any responsibilities changing? He said, no, unfortunately not. I said, what are some other type of roles inside of this overall industry that would make a lot of sense? He said, well, you know, some folks want to get into um, kinesiology, Due to the athletic aspect of it, some folks want to get into psychology. Some folks want to get into higher levels of mentoring. Some folks want to go on to build their own businesses in the, in this space. Um, some folks want to get into teaching. Um, some folks want to get into the medical space. So we just started listing off all these different next level career paths that a lot of um, a lot of our teachers uh, and our mentors for these kids in this nonprofit inevitably will go on to do. I said, great. Let's go to let's go let's 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 make a partnership with five companies in each of those categories. So I think we put together like a list of thirty five companies, and I said, let's go out and build out a partnership. He said, what does that look like? I said, let's build a talent pipeline. So let's ask them to to provide mentors once a quarter to come in and to do fireside chats and keynotes and and let's set up. Um, six week and four week and eight week mentorship and uh, apprenticeship and internship opportunities for our people. Let's build a pipeline where we understand at a very granular level, the education needs, the certification needs, all those variables. Let's build out these buddy, buddy mentor programs and let's build out a guarantee on those organizations that if each and every person inside of our company currently gets the proper certification, makes the proper relationships, has the proper education, that they will hold us an opportunity and a slot for our people to to have employment there. And we will graduate them onto the company. And he said, well, why the hell would we do that? And I said, I'll tell you exactly why. I said, long-term decisions, long-term impact goes a long way. I said, because if we do this, what's going to happen is the PR, the press, the attention that we're getting for this, the relationships, the trust, the respect that we're going to be getting from this will provide us dividends for the for the next 15 years that you can't imagine. He said, OK, I'm following. I said the leaders at the partnering organizations, as well as our employees, will respect us so much for what we're doing. They'll love us so much for what we're doing that the current employees will be that much more engaged at an incredible level for the next 18 months. We showed that the engagement spiked by 94 percent. Then we explained, and then I explained how the partnering organization and those employees currently would be having, you know, dinner conversations, lunch conversations, networking conversations, weekend conversations with family members, with colleagues, with other folks. And the word would get around that if you come to this organization and you give them 18 months, they'll give you back a career. And what we started to find is as we got six, seven months into the process, we started getting a lot of natural inbound of recruits. So there were lots of high quality, remember that was an issue in the, in the beginning. We had a lot of high quality talent reach out to us and said, we would love to be a part of this company because we have heard that if, you, if we give you 18 months, you'll give us the relationships, the access, the education, a career. And we were like 
And so next thing you know, over the two and a half years that I was there, I saw the first I saw the first cohort leave the company. I saw the next recruits come in. I saw a lot of PR. I saw a lot of ROI. And the amount of the, the high quality talent that we were interviewing and speaking with increased. The respect that we garnered throughout the community increased. The PR increased. We actually got more donors and more and more finances coming along because people respected what we did so much. So I believe a graduation model would work in so many organizations that are noticing that they have a cap on what they can pay their employees. They have a cap on what they can do for their employees from a promotion perspective. A graduation model really, 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 really works because you're building and guiding and you're building and and structuring uh, a guiding career roadmap, a literal key to success for so many employees. So I'm actually going to cut it off here. We're 25 minutes in. Um, Some of these factors are incredibly important. Core 18, beyond brand, beyond resume, graduation model. I just wanted to bring these things back up. I wanted to put it in your ear, have you kind of ingest, understand, learn, get excited about these things. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to me to to dive in at a a more deeper level to explain them, um, I'd definitely be open to doing so. But again, I really, really believe this is incredibly important. I really, really believe this is something that needs to happen inside of every company. And um, hope I did a good job explaining it. Thanks a lot. Really appreciated this segment. Let's jump into the next one. Thanks a lot, guys. So let's just let's just keep this episode going here. I'm just going to start rattling off some new ideas that I think are important. So innovation. Innovation is incredibly important, right? Innovation is incredibly important in any company, right? I don't care if you're Facebook. I don't care. Well, is it Meta now? Facebook Meta? I don't know. What are you doing, Mark Zuckerberg? What is the name of the company? Um, I believe it's Meta. Uh, whether it's Meta, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Beyond Brand, whether it's uh, MindStand, whether it's, uh, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts. Whatever it is, innovation is incredibly important, right? Something I also think is incredibly important is where innovation comes from, right? I believe from a DEI perspective, innovation should be coming from everyone inside the organization, not just the 1% sitting at the top of the companies, which is what typically happens, right? Typically what happens is the department leaders, the C-suite, they're the ones coming up with you know, the innovations, the new ideas, and then they're the ones that are inevitably making the final deci- decisions on those new ideas and initiatives. And I believe that should be happening from bottom up, not top down, my personal opinion. And I believe when you do that, you have to also layer in and implement the following to make sure that it's inclusive, to make sure that it's equitable, to make sure that you're engaging uh, your employees long-term around new ideas. So what do I mean? What I mean by that is it's incredibly important to make sure that new ideas are actually being implemented and tested. Right. And so, for instance, I believe as an example, an organization should be able to track when new ideas come up and when they're coming in and putting that into a document. So every single team lead, every single department leader of eight or 12 should be keeping some sort of let's keep it scrappy, keeping a Google Doc. Right. Keeping an air table, um, keeping some sort of format where you can generate and understand and keep track of all of the new ideas that have been generated. So you can have the new ideas literally written out like, hey, uh, a new idea for sales, the context of the new idea, the potential ROI, the new idea, like 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 have the employee or whomever is presenting the new idea, have them really bake out 
the full breadth of the new idea, right? And then when that new idea comes into place, I believe it's incredibly important to make sure that you are practically executing um, that new idea and testing it. And so, and then being able to say, yes, this idea was tested. Yes, this new idea wasn't tested. And here's why, and be able to track all of that data. Number one, the more you test the new idea, obviously it's going to increase engagement. It's going to increase trust of your employees. Number two, the more ideas that you actually test, the more data that you understand, the more data that you learn, the more, um, the more impact, right, that you are able to provide to your con- your consumers, your customers, your clients, um, the internal organization itself, um, the PR and the aesthetic of the company at a macro. Um, and then inevitably what you should be able to find as the head of people who is structuring and stewarding all this information is you can have a have a have a data point that says 81 percent, as an example, of 295 ideas were generated, auctioned and implemented. And here's the result of how those new ideas uh, actually impacted the company. So 81 percent of the new ideas were actually implemented and tested. And then out of that 81 percent let's say 17% actually um, were baked in and operationalized inside of the company. So I think there's a couple things to, to cover here. Number one, building in inclusivity when it comes to innovation is incredibly, 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 incredibly important, right? Building in equitable experiences, building in modes and structures and systems where you're being able to uh, strategize, structure, keep keep hold and management of all of these, all of these new ideas. Making sure the new ideas are not just coming from the top, making sure that there's an an ongoing um, document that folks can add, right? You have so many people that that, uh, are are night owls that have new ideas around how they can improve their department, how they can improve uh, a system, how they can improve a workflow, how they can improve a product, how can they make a new design adjustment. There are so many, so many, so many employees inside of organizations that have so many ideas around how things can get done, how things can get tested, how things can get measured, how things can get implemented that is new, that is innovative, that can drive so much ROI for the organization. Those new ideas should be heard. Those new ideas should be generated. Those new ideas should be tracked. Those new ideas should be put into a structured document. Those new ideas should live on forever. You should have an uh, an, an operational frame work and responsibility that twice a year out of those 295 ideas and the 18% of them that were actually implemented, go back to the other X, Y, and Z percent, go back to the other 200 ideas that were not implemented and see, okay, do they potentially ring true now? Can we implement them now? Is there something that we can put in place now versus six months ago? Um, is there something we can take and learn from some of those new ideas that maybe makes more sense now to operationalize them than before? Um, and then you can get into your recognition system. Then you can congratulate uh, those that implemented those new ideas. Then you can actually have some data to track who you should promote and put in positions to be impactful and win when it comes to those new ideas. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that can be done as it pertains to new ideas and generation of those new ideas that can impact your DEI efforts, that can impact your engagement efforts, that can impact your customers, your consumers, your clients, your product, that can in, that can impact the internal operations, that can impact the the scale of just innovation flow throughout the company, and that can impact the long term ROI and scale of the organization. So. Just a few ideas. Probably going to dump a few more into this long episode. Love you all. Let's keep it going.
Got to give myself a pat on the back for this segment. Let's jump into the next one. Thanks a lot. So performance management is obviously something that is incredibly important. Let me give you a few factors that I just don't think a lot of companies are thinking about as it pertains to how they want to react to the following performance management goals, right? So let's say the goal is to improve overall team performance in your HR department, for instance, right? And you have a team of 14 HR practitioners. Here's a few things that I would actually start with that I don't think a lot of organizations are starting with, right? Take ownership. The first level of taking ownership would be, I would see, um, is there anything that the organization and or the head of people who is the, the steward or the leader of that department, is there anything that we have done that has turned off the desire to be super engaged, super attentive, super dedicated to um, making sure the quality of one's work is at a high level at a personal perspective. So what I mean by that is, is there anything I potentially as the head of people have done to make you recruiter, for instance, uh, not be as engaged? Did I cause any confusion for you? Have I caused you to feel uncomfortable? Have I caused you to feel like you're not respected and heard? Has there been any, um, actually I'll pause that for a minute, uh, cause I was going to give you another variable, but we'll go off on a different rant there. So just anything that maybe has made someone feel uncomfortable where, you know what they're like, I'm just checking out, I'm checking out, I'm looking at jobs behind the scenes. I- I'm going to do just enough to not get fired. Um, It may pop up on the radar that my performance has dropped off a bit, but I know how this game goes. I know it's going to take them a while to fill my role. I'm already looking for some new employment. We'll just all be on cruise control here. So I think the first step would be, hey, organization, hey, leader, take responsibility. Go directly to the source and say very directly, like build psychological safety, take ownership. Hey, I thought about it. Maybe I did X, Y, and Z that made you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe I did X, Y, and Z that made you a little bit disgruntled. Maybe I did X, Y, and Z that made you feel not heard. Um, can we talk about that? Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we unpack that? Um, go to some of their team members. Is there an issue? Is there a misalignment between a team members from a communication standpoint that can definitely cause performance management issues internally within a department? Um, go to career mapping. Is there anything that's happened? from a career mapping perspective that has caused um that has caused some issues meaning is there anyone on this HR department in this team right now that has a desire to potentially have my seat right has a desire to move up has a desire to take on more responsibility strategically and not be so administrative right does anyone have that desire oh yes you do great what can we do to make that happen what can I do to bake in a few extra responsibilities? Is there anything more strategically, innovatively that you want to kind of roll in and bake into your uh, into your role? Oh, you want to start getting more into employer branding? Oh, you want to start getting a little bit more into um, internal comms? Oh, you want to get a little bit more into strategically figuring out how to reshape and restructure some of the JDs? Amazing. Uh, what are your ideas around that? Let's set up some time to really understand that. So, I think if you're catching my drift, when it comes to performance management goals, a lot of a lot of organizations create these success measures. They they talk about clarity of what's expected of employees, alignment of employee performance, increase of profitable teams, and growth of customer satisfaction, and 
and putting them on uh, pips and all these different things. I I believe in those and I I think they're important, but I would like to see more organizations take ownership and utilize an employee's first methodology and method. Take the responsibility of maybe there's something you as an organization did not do that now needs to happen at a psychological perspective. Because I think a lot of times, yeah, I think in most cases, if you have a team that's all been together for more than nine months and you haven't thought once about firing any member on that team and then over the next three months you're noticing a performance drop off, it's most likely psychology based, ego based, um, fear based, misalignment based. It's probably more psychological, emotional, uh, variable based um, rather than skill drop off, rather than um, capability drop off, right? And I think a lot of organizations look just at the black and white of like, they are not performing at the level that we need them to perform. And I think there can be a reprogramming of the mind to jump more to the psychology, to jump more to ownership, jump more to an employee's first mindset to make it all work. So I could be a crazy man. I don't think I am. Yet another just out of the box idea that I'm hoping makes sense. And uh, yeah, we'll check in soon. This will probably be the last one of this really interesting and different segment. Appreciate you all chiming in for a 30, 40, 40 minute or so episode. Um, Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks a lot.